Thank you for listening to the audio podcast of the King's Crossing Church of Christ. To learn more or subscribe, please visit our website at kingscrossingcoc.com. It is really good to see everyone here this morning. Um, I'm going to be today wrapping up the series that we've been working on for about the last couple of months I've called Uncharted, where I wanted to start off this new year as we've reflected together on some of the things that have been so difficult and different for us um, as a a church, as a city, uh, as a a world, uh, as we've been up against this pandemic. A lot of this series I have tried to spend my energy focusing on sort of big picture items. Right? We've been talking a lot about sort of driving ideas. Uh, what I'm going to be doing today is that I'm going to talk a lot more specifically nuts and bolts about our own congregation. And as I do this, I'm actually going to bring up some stuff that I preached about about three years ago. So if you, if you were here three years ago, some of these ideas may sound familiar. But I think for us and for our future direction as a congregation, these will be some things that we continue to place uh, emphasis on as we go. So I wanted briefly to walk us through some of the ideas that we've been talking about as we've worked through this series. Uh, Just by way of recap, uh, first of all, we've talked about the way that many of us, especially those of us in positions of leadership, as the world is so rapidly changing, many of us were really trained for a world that is disappearing. So many of the things that were normal for so long at this point have become something different than they were. So even those of us who have years of experience in church life may be having to rethink a lot of things that would otherwise seem pretty basic and fundamental. In moving into uncharted territory, a second thing we've emphasized is that normally when you talk about vision, so much of vision is trying to look to the future, looking into uncharted places, thinking of what you haven't done before. But in a scenario like we're in, vision is much more about seeing ourselves accurately and defining reality well. We have to look at the situation we're actively in because we can't We can't think too far into the future until we understand where we are in the present, and that's been shifting a lot. So a lot of vision has to do with seeing ourselves accurately and clearly defining what's real. What are the real things we're facing? What are the real circumstances that we're living in? We spent one week talking about how to adapt and the way that adaptation will require of us constant learning. We have to always be studying what's around us, studying ideas, constant learning, but also what feels like loss, and sometimes having to navigate competing values, where maybe there are several things we care about, but some of those may have to change for the sake of the mission that drives us. As part of this, we also talked about how we are going to have to ask questions that for many years perhaps we have been uh, too scared, too busy, or too proud to ask. This is a time where all of us have to begin asking the harder questions, honestly asking them, really seeking truth, and again, defining reality well around us. We spoke about the way that we truly need each other as we do this, that none of us needs to go this alone, none of us can accomplish all that needs to be done by ourselves, but in fact, by having each other, We are much better together. Last week, I spoke about people who are more on the margins, 
not just of society, but also even on the margins of church life, and how as we're trying to figure out a reliable guide to the new world, a lot of times it's the people who've been without power or influence in a current situation who are the most reliable guides for how the church can move into this new world where suddenly the church doesn't seem to have the power that we used to, where Christian thought doesn't have the influence that it used to in our culture. So we look to those who have already been living on the outskirts for wisdom and how we move forward in this regard. And I would say, most of all, if we will adapt and adventure, then we can thrive. If we choose to view all of this not as a defeat, not as a great challenge, but as an adventure, if we will try to adapt and keep experimenting, then with God's help, we can thrive in any situation. Jesus has said that nothing's going to be able ultimately to stand against His church. The church is going to endure and last because God is with us and God will help us. A couple of passages that I wanted to read with you, one comes from Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9, where Paul says, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So what's the challenge of waiting for the proper time. You don't necessarily know when that's going to be here. That's how opportunity is, isn't it? You don't necessarily know what's coming or when it's coming. You just have to be ready for it, and you have to be striving for it. And one day that door opens, and hopefully we're ready for that door to open. But he says, don't be weary in doing good, but continue, and at the proper time we reap that harvest. I also wanted to reference 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 9, that passage that we looked at just a moment ago. I like what he says, a great door for effective work has opened to me, and there are many who oppose me. That's an interesting portrait of a great opportunity. He says, on the one hand, I've got this great door that's opening. Everything's going to be wonderful. It's going to be effective, but what is it also going to be? It's going to be work. I have an opportunity, but opportunity doesn't look like smooth sailing. Opportunity looks like more work. There's more to do, but there's a new door opening. But in the same sentence, in the same breath, he's also comfortable pointing out that, yeah, even as I do this, there are many who oppose me. It's a great opportunity, but it's going to take work. And in fact, there are people who will be actively working against me as I do this. So I think that's a healthy portrait of what it will always look like for us as we move forward. I would simply remind all of us that if you think about your own life experiences, if you were blessed to grow up in a community of faith, if you grew up in a church, if you knew people older than you who are Christians, if I ask you to tell me who a lot of your heroes are, I bet that you would list many of those people, the ones who influenced you, the ones who helped you, the ones who showed you the way. I would simply remind us that for us, for this next generation, What we are doing presently is that we are creating the next generation's good old days. One day, these will be the good old days for somebody. So, um, you have to think about your presence. You have to think about the way you treat younger people, the way you talk about younger people, the opportunities that we decide to make the most of. There are many young people who right now are looking at each of us as the only example of church that they've ever known. And if you find in your heart you're missing someone who played some key role in your upbringing, I think God might just be calling on you to step into that role. 
of the encourager or whatever that was in your life, whatever it was you needed when you were younger. This is the time to be that in the life of a younger person, to get to know them, to take an interest in them. So, uh, as I move forward this morning, I want to be talking about some of our uh, core values and, again, some nuts and bolts of some things that we'll consider as we move forward. We print these in our bulletin every week because they are important to us, but I want to remind us of these four things. And if, if I could, I feel like this is a little echoey. Can I swap over to this podium? Thank you. So, these, uh, these four values… The first of these is we do continue to want to be a church who stays focused on Jesus. Uh, We want to be true to the name on our sign that this is a church that is of Christ. Our character is of Christ. Our teachings are of Christ. And if you're around us, you could see Jesus living in us through our conduct. So we want to be a church that stays focused on Jesus. We want to be a church that continues to value and strengthen the diversity of households in our congregation. The truth is that we have a a variety of people who have different worldviews, different life experiences, different levels of education, different skill sets, different political interests, like we're all over the map, but everyone's valuable. We need each other and it enriches us by having this diversity of people present. We want to continue trying to be a church, not just that focuses on one demographic, but to be a church of multiple generations and multiple kinds of people. That's important to us. We also want to continue to cultivate a mission mindset among our members, that this is not a church that just exists for the sake of existing, but that the mission of God is what continues to drive us, and we always want to be challenging each other on to greater commitment to that mission of God, and also to build a foundation for the church of tomorrow. Certainly in the last couple of years, we've taken some bold steps in that direction with a new facility we've got in place and some of the great new doors uh, that is opening for us. But we are continuing to think about what is our future going to be? Because we do absolutely intend to have a future here. We are thinking about the next generation because we want to set them up for success. Wouldn't you like it to be the case that your children and your grandchildren grow up to be people with even more courage in their Christian faith than we've had, with even greater dedication to the Lord than we've shown, with a deeper knowledge of Scripture, a deeper relationship with God than any of us has even had. Wouldn't we love that to be the case for them? We want to do everything that we can to set up the next generation so that they have a solid foundation for tomorrow. So again, I want to talk a little bit about some nuts and bolts of what things need to look like specifically for us at King's Crossing, being the size congregation we are with some of the demographics that we have. And again, I am going to remind you of a few things I have shared before, but just the same, I think these continue to be true and uh, valuable. So uh, people who study church growth will say there are certain ceilings that you hit in a congregation's life as it grows. Uh, One of those is about 40 people. Things change once once a church plant grows to about 40. The first major hurdle for many churches occurs somewhere between 180 people and 200 people, which is where they might have to go from having one person on staff to at least a couple of people on staff, and suddenly it's no longer possible for one person to provide kind of the pastoral care for all the congregation. You get more than 180 and one minister just can't meet everyone's needs. 
The second and most significant ceiling that is hard for many churches to break is what they would call a 400-member ceiling. There's something about becoming a group of more than 400 people that is especially challenging. And as I got to King's Crossing six years ago, and as I've observed things, I think this has been a real challenge for us for quite some time. If you look, uh, Buck was nice enough to share this with me a few years ago, and I'll mention, notice, this graph looks more depressing if you think of that at the bottom being a zero. Notice the bottom of that is 325, okay? So as you look at, as you look at the shape of how things have been here, as a person just thinking about church growth, we have been bouncing off of that 400-member ceiling for decades. So when people who have studied this would say, that's a ceiling, I would say in our experience, we would say, yeah, we've kind of had a hard time getting past that barrier. We've, we've consistently had a good church life together, being about the size that we are, but um, we're also setting goals for expanding our mission, trying to do more and to be more. So uh, I want to highlight some differences between smaller churches and larger churches. If you were attending a very small congregation, the central place of belonging for you would be the whole church. In a tiny church, everybody knows everybody. They know everybody's name. They know everybody's business. They've probably been in each other's houses. But it's possible in a very small church just to know everybody. Uh, the strong point, the reason you might choose to be a member at a very tiny church is because of how well they can do relationships. You can get super close to the people who are there. Now, it's also the case that they tend to be more similar. A very small church will tend to be just one or two demographics of people who are very much like each other. The primary role of the leaders would be pastoral, just caregiving for those they have. So that's a church who would be smaller than us. For a church who is larger, uh, we're talking in kind of like the six, 800 range, what happens is the central place of belonging, instead of you knowing everybody in the church, it becomes your individual group, your Bible class, your, your life group, the ministry you're involved in. You kind of have to create smaller places where people can make connections and can have a place they feel like they belong. And it will regularly be the case. I grew up in a church of about 700 members. And I remember when I graduated from high school, I, we'd been at this church my entire life. And one, one Sunday, my parents were talking to some couple in the back. And my dad's an elder at the time. And it was someone we thought were visiting. We said, it's so nice to meet you. And they had gone there even longer than we had. But that is one of the dynamics that happens in, in a larger congregation. You just don't always get to know everyone. So the individual groups become very important. At a larger place, the quality and the mission are the things that a larger church needs to do well. So you focus a lot on the bigger picture and we focus on doing things with excellence. We have higher expectations of, of how things have to be done. As far as diversity, the more people you add, we do have a diversity of households among us, people who are different than each other. It becomes leader, important for leaders to focus more on matters of bigger vision and uh, teaching, quality teaching, quality content. That becomes something that's more important just by the sheer dynamics of things. So uh, we are, I would say, a medium-sized congregation who's been working on trying to become a larger church. Part of what makes that so hard is that it is possible to be a medium-sized church while hanging on to some mentalities, ways of thinking, ways of doing things that would be more typical of a smaller congregation. You can do that for a while, but in order to have a lot more people and to plug them in quick enough to keep them, 
we have to break some ways of thinking as a larger congregation that we could still kind of roll along with as a medium-sized congregation. So an analogy that I've liked in thinking about this is what I'll call a bathtub analogy, thinking about filling the bathtub. So the weakness of this analogy is that we're not just trying to fill a bathtub for the sake of filling a bathtub. We're not just trying to add members for the sake of having members. What we're really wanting to do is to accomplish more for God, to make a bigger impact in our community, uh, to do more things, to reach more people for Christ. So as we talk about adding numbers, what we're really talking about is adding new possibilities. There's more that we can do. But just like filling a bathtub, there are some things that kind of make sense about how that would work. In a bathtub, you have a faucet. What does your faucet do? Your faucet is the place where you add hot water to the tub. It's where water comes from. So similarly in our congregation, there are certain things that help send people our way, new visitors our way, people who are checking us out. Uh, the most important of these things is certainly your efforts. All the studies show that consistently the primary reason why anyone will visit a church is because someone invited them to church. So that will always first and foremost be the most important thing that any of us can do. We've also been working on improving our visibility. Um, many years ago, some of y'all had the foresight to build a building at this location where we are as the town is growing this direction. We have a great location and many people driving by all the time. We've also been working a lot in this last year uh, for some reasons we hadn't expected on our presence. Uh, we've done a new website in the last few years. We're working on um, improving our availability of streaming and things people can do to engage us on the internet. Uh, but there's several things we're doing. Kevin has also been working on getting our life groups off the ground and those are now uh, up and running. And in general, just providing content people can interact with. These are all things that help us find ways for people to connect. And certainly many of our existing ministries, uh, Rainbow Express, the prison ministry, we have a number of contacts with the community that also help us. Another thing that's always a factor in talking about a bathtub is the drain. There are, are ways that people come to our congregation, but there are also reasons why people might would leave our congregation and not stick around with us. Some of that are things we can't help. People die. It happens. We hate to see people pass away, but it's, it's part of life. Likewise, we've had a number of members who've had to relocate in the last year. Whether you're moving to be closer to family or your job takes you somewhere else, relocation is something that happens. However, we also have to give thought to what it is that we're teaching and practicing because if people come to a place and it feels like what we're doing is irrelevant from their lives or irrelevant to the world around us, that's not something anyone wants to be part of. If people are feeling disengaged and aren't finding any place to be useful, they may go somewhere else where they can feel useful. Um, our strategy over the next months and years will continue needing to involve uh, creating more places for people to belong. Again, as you add more people, you've got to find more spaces, more smaller groups where they can make friends and people to share life with. We're gonna continue looking for new gift-based opportunities. These people God have, has given us to worship with and work with, what are the things we're actually good at and how are we going to play to those strengths? We're gonna to have to work at continuing to clearly define our goals, to choose initiatives that are making the best impact in the world around us. I want to pause briefly and, and mention again, uh, in the last few months, we've also gotten a new church app if you don't have that yet, it looks like uh, the image there on the left, it's called Church Center. If you'll download the Church Center app, 
Uh, you can connect with us. You can find a life group. You can connect with a Bible class. Uh, it'll be the case as we start getting new events going, you can register for events and even pay for them using the app. Uh, so there's a, there's a lot of things that are possible through that. Our church calendar will be present on there. Uh, in, the, in the near future, we're also hoping that our streaming content will be accessible from the app. So if you wanted to watch today's worship stream, you just open the app and uh, go to it. So if you haven't already got that, I would recommend that. This is a quote that has stayed with me for several years that I find value in. Excellence honors God and inspires people. Excellence honors God and inspires people. Excellence is a way that we try to live up to God's calling. We're taught in scripture that we should do everything as if we're doing it for the Lord. Whatever we do, we wanna do it with our very best because we want to reflect God's character in our own character. Excellence honors God, but it's also an inspiring thing to witness, isn't it? When you see someone or a, some church that wants to rise above mediocrity, to rise above the pettiness of the world around us, to do things that matter in ways that, that bring glory to God, it is an inspiring thing to see people do things with excellence. So we want to continue here a march towards excellence in all areas looking at all the things, even the things we already do or have done for a long time, asking, how do we clearly see the world that we're in right now? And what does it look like for us to be excellent in how we go about doing this? I'm sure we'll continue refining areas like the ways in which we communicate, uh, the experience of when we come together for worship, uh, our teaching, the way that we assimilate, we help new people find their place, the way that we coordinate our efforts, uh, behind the scenes, I know the staff has been working a lot in all of these areas. How do we continue striving for excellence, a greater quality in all things? And then secondly, something that we're going to have to continue working on is empowering our groups as we move forward. I know we've said a lot recently about our life groups. We have teams that work on certain purposes. We have committees. We have Bible classes. We have a number of ministries. But something that has to happen is we have to continue giving those people the power and ability to make decisions for what works best and makes the most sense in their area and to allow them to be creative and to innovate as they go about things. Last week I talked a lot about margins, the people at the margins and how we have to be paying attention to them because they are such reliable guides into unfamiliar territory. So as we go about being the church, connecting with each other, working together, let's keep asking these questions. Whom are the people that we're meeting? What is the actual community around us? What are they like? What are some of the things you're seeing as opportunities? What are the doors that are opening? We have to keep that spirit of adventure, that spirit of adapting, and as we just keep seeing new things, we try more things, some will go great, some will need tweaking, some we may have to walk away from, but we just have to continue adventuring, experimenting, and trusting that God is with us. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, I like this verse. It begins in verse 21. It says, all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or the present or the future, all are yours and you are of Christ, and Christ is of God. Looking at the road ahead of us, this is what we've got to remember, and I love that passage. 
You know, if, if God is your father and all things belong to God and he has all power, all possessions, the whole world is his because he made it, then as his heirs, it's also all ours. We don't have to be afraid to go anywhere because we already know that Jesus is king of whatever that destination is. God goes ahead of us. God goes behind us. God walks beside us. Christ, through his spirit, lives within us. Everything is ours. What a concept to think about. Everything is ours. We don't have to be afraid because as we walk into the future, we are holding hands with the one who's creating the future. So thank you for letting me walk through some of these things with you this morning. I just wanted to remind us of, again, some of the, some of the nuts and bolts of what that will look like for us, some of the areas we'll continue to place great emphasis on and to strive for. Appreciated a lot of your good feedback as we've talked through some of these principles together over the last few weeks. Um, as Mike mentioned earlier, we always want to create spaces where if there's someone among us who is hurting, if there's someone who needs to make a new commitment to Christ, if there's something in your life you want to leave behind that we could pray with you about, uh, if you wanted to come and share that with the congregation, you'd be able to do that now. But also, it's always the case that if you just wanted to come by and, and visit with one of us at the office or talk to one of our elders, we're happy to meet you in whatever, whatever venue is comfortable for you. But if there are any needs that we have this morning, this is a time we would invite you to come forward as together we stand and sing. <laughs>